That's the cool thing about these kinds of events. They're very flexible and fluid because we're learning so much as we go along. Yeah, exactly, because I didn't come into it expecting to get as much information and knowledge and and experience that I did. And Alicia and Heaven are, have, you know, when we're, we're listening to, to them give their, their presentations, they're sitting there and, and have said, you know, did you take all the notes? Cause I'm sitting here and I'm taking notes and I'm taking pictures so I can get the notes. And, and because I, I just want to get as much as I can, I want to be able to walk away and, and say, okay, I got everything that, that I needed to get and I'm not going to forget it. Well, and I have to also say, I've just been blown away by the the knowledge and the skill of not just, you know, Dr. Gannon and not just, you know, Dr. Lyons, but all of the UCF students that they have brought yeah, along everyone. who have been mentoring. I don't know about you, but they have been mentoring and coaching and keeping propping me up when I just right. am not sure what to do next and how to use these tools. They have been phenomenal. There hasn't been one aspect of this that I've walked away from and said, you know, I wish I got a little bit more. I, I, everything, every speaker that they've brought in, every presentation that they've made has been just top notch and, and I agree. given me more than, than I could have asked for in, in doing what they've asked of us. I agree. Me, it's been the camaraderie with all of the teachers. And then today was one of my most favorite days. Yeah. Um, I'm an interactive person, and we did many tours for the Native American part. We got to mimic some of the ledgers that the uh, Native Americans created here. And then we got to put coins on the headstones. We did the rubbings. The rubbings. We got to see some of the military memorabilia. We got to put our hands on it. Mm-hmm. Just the, the evolution of helmets mm-hmm. was so interesting to yep. me. Talking about using the one to make soup. Yeah. 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 And then and the one today that can, you know, is an impenetrable to, the to Kevlar. Stra- shrapnel. Right. I, I mean, I was like, that's, I, I, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. And then to tie that to our veterans, today was, I think, one of my most favorite days. Remember that physical education teacher reference I made in the prologue? Well, that reference will finally come through as that PE teacher, Erica Grant, is one of the featured guests for this episode. So in the mornings when I have my students, you know, I ask them what zone they're in. Are they blue, yellow, green, red? Um, so most of the kids are are blue, like they're they're tired. And I ask them, why are they so tired? They played video games all night. They're exhausted. And so I wanted to bring in a connection to what the kids were going to recognize the most. So we had all these Zoom meetings. And so we've narrowed it down to the Second Seminole War. And um, then I'm going to do an interactive game with it, which I'm still in the process of creating. And so we are, with the story maps, we are putting every battle throughout Florida so that when the kids, so that'll be my classroom on a rain day, we'll go in and... Yeah, even a subject that we'd all assume has no business with veterans' history is still getting implemented in the fabric of this event. Because that's how versatile the team at UCF VLP and this institute was. But you already knew that, being nine episodes deep into this series. Yes, I'm including the prologue. 
This was the final sit-down conversation I recorded in St. Augustine. After going to the events of episode 6 and 7 of this series, the impressive meta field trip, and later powerful roundtable discussion about it, these three teachers that I spoke with, Nicole Bennett, Erica Grant, and Judy Lindquist, had a lot to unwind and process. Combine that with them learning Mappy Technologies later that afternoon, and just being at the Institute for 8 days already out of the 10, and this conversation was a tremendously reflective exercise for them. This is also proven in the quality and length of our talk, the longest one in the series. They knew they were the final recording group during my stay, but that in no way altered the approach of the conversation, from my point of view or theirs. In fact, this group wasn't even supposed to be together. Nicole was initially going to be in my first recording. And, as you'll see, my questions follow the same format from the previous sit-down conversations. This whole explanation is to basically tell you that this conversation captured the authentic momentum that the Institute had at that particular moment. Regardless of what number of recordings was going to be, having that conversation at that specific point in time, after going through two momentous events in one day, would have produced probably a similar result to the one you're about to hear. Thus, this conversation had an unintentional finality to it, a beautiful way to conclude this tremendous institute and subsequently this podcast series. From the UCF Department of History and UCF's Veterans Legacy Program, I'm Sebastian Garcia, and this is Episode 9 of the 2023 UCF VOP Institute Podcast Series, giving me more than I could have asked for. Hello everyone, this is Sebastian Garcia, and in this special edition of Night's History Cast live at the 2023 UCF VOP Institute, it's brought to you by UCF's Veterans Legacy Program, a partnership with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, the VA, National Cemetery Administration, NCA. A special thanks to those agencies for the generous grant that made this significant, transformative, and necessary institute possible. Also, a special thanks to the Florida National Guard for hosting the 2023 UCF VOP Institute. We were there today. We've been there for, well, you guys have been there for a week now. I've been there for a couple days um, in the St. Francis Barracks and the St. Augustine National Cemetery. This year's institute is a 10-day workshop for K-12 teachers across the state of Florida to create VOP classroom projects for their students. By learning through the successful pedagogical model developed over the years by UCF faculty, graduate, and undergraduate students, these teachers will leave the institute with the necessary approach and tools to expand veterans' history beyond the university campus and into the K-12 classroom. And I have the pleasure to talk with some of those teachers right now after hours here at the hotel, so I really do appreciate the time. After a long day, after an exhaustive day, um, I feel the exhaustedness, so I really do appreciate it. Um, before we start with the questions, can each of you please introduce yourselves with a brief bio of you know your name, where you teach at currently, and what grades or grades you teach? I am Nicole Bennett. I live in Palm Coast and teach in St. John's County Schools at Webster Elementary. I am looping up this year with my students to teach second grade. I am Erica Grant. I'm a physical education teacher been doing that for about 10 years. And I work at Webster here in St. Augustine. And I'm hoping to teach the kids through physical education about history so that they can make that connection. 
I'm Judy Lindquist. I teach in Orange County, Florida. I'll be starting my third, 30th year teaching. Um, and I teach at Andover Elementary School where I teach the gifted resource students. So I teach K-5 um, gifted. Nice. Congratulations on the 30th <laughs> year. Um, and before I begin the questions, I, this, I've done this with all the groups of teachers I've been fortunate to do a podcast with over these two days. And I'll say it again for the last time. Special shout out to all the K through 12 teachers. Um, I truly do appreciate and admire the work you guys put in into the profession. I'm grateful to still be close to some of my K through 12 teachers back home in Miami. Um, so shout out to them. And they've had an invaluable impact on my life. And I know a lot of other students could say the same. So thank you, truly. So my first question is very simple. What drew you into attending this year's UCF VOP Institute? I got the email from my principal, I think it was in February, and I actually just went back into the classroom. Uh, I was teaching online for four years and had left in-person teaching, so it was nice to see that there was this program, and I have veterans in every aspect of my life. My husband, my brother, my dad, both of my grandfathers, uncles, all of that. So to see this kind of program out there and to actually be able to become a part of it was a, a no-brainer for me. Um, and uh, same thing, the principal sent out an email. And honestly, I probably wouldn't have had time for it, but I had a hip labrum surgery and I was laid up and found the email and thought it looked really interesting. Didn't think I would be get chosen because of being a physical education teacher. And I was so honored to be picked because I love getting the kids to make the connection with something. And um, so it just, I had the time. <laughs> I always seek out these kinds of fellowships over the summer because obviously as teachers, we have a little more time in the summer. But I also, in addition to learning so much, I always love being around other educators who are as committed to learning and growing themselves. And so even though we come in, you know, not knowing this content or, you know, how to approach this subject area, we all have that passion and that commitment. And I always be leave so inspired by my fellow educators. And to me, um, in addition to learning about the Veterans Legacy Program and the National Cemetery System and all of that, um, I just love being surrounded by other passionate educators because it just always ups my game. Yeah, I think by the end of the year, you're drained and ready for that break. But then when you get into something like this and you have the ability to be a part of it, it starts that rejuvenation process for the next school year. That's that's going to be here pretty quick. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's been a constant theme throughout all these podcasts that I've been able to do here at the Institute. It's teachers being, they, they like being in an atmosphere with other teachers, with other educators, because that collaborative nature, it's not you know, you don't see that often. You don't see it that often. Um, and that, like you said, it really motivates you and rejuvenates you for the next school year. So, you know, I'm not an educator, but being around similar minded people. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. Inspiring. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. definitely. So besides the personal element that you brought into veterans history with your answer, why do you think it's significant to expand this subject matter to the K through 12 classroom? I think for the students that Erica and I teach, we're in a Title I school where 
even being in St. Augustine, they have all this amazing history around them, but most of them don't have the ability to access it because of all of the things that, you know, they're dealing with single parent homes, you know, parents working all the time or whatever elements that make it a little bit more challenging for them. So knowing that I can bring this to them into the classroom and get them to see something that is right here at their doorstep and even hopefully take them to it at the St. Augustine National Cemetery is is an amazing thing that I'm actually looking forward to knowing that, you know, I'm going to have my kids that I had last year and I, I can already see those students that I've made connections with and seeing the excitement with something like this. And for me, it's the introduction to technology. I mean, it's gotten so much easier. Today we learned about the uh, story maps. And I think that's fascinating that the Institute has showed me how easy it is to bring history into the classroom where I would not have known where to search for those tools before. And then, you know, it being interactive every single day and them teaching us how to use the programs. I, I can't wait to teach the kids how to do it. They, that's what this has been so rewarding about this program is the camaraderie that you guys have at UCF. And then bringing that and teaching us how we will teach our children. So that's, that's been the most rewarding part about this program for me. Well, and I think as far as the connection to veterans, I think I almost like fell into it. We're not a military family. I mean, my dad served in the Army Reserves for eight years in the 1960s, but you know, that was before I even remember a whole lot. But our school for the last several years has been doing a very big Veterans Day celebration in November. And it was kind of spearheaded when we had a principal come in who was um, retired military. But seeing the way the community has embraced it and seeing the way the kids have embraced the veterans. You know, it's just a one day a year thing that we do now, but seeing how the kids really reach out and connect to those veterans and and want to know their stories, it just, it made me realize that teaching veterans stories is a great way to kind of get into the bigger picture of what's happening in the country or what's happening in the community and kind of teaching those bigger history issues through the very specific veteran. And so my ideas have been changing through this whole, you know, every day I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe try this way. But I think I kind of just kind of fell into that. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is really important, Judy, of learning the historical context of the time through these veterans not only makes history more interesting because oftentimes you hear, the, especially with, with K through 12 students, oh, history is boring. It's just a bunch of dates in, in a textbook and, you know, people that are dead in the past. But by, you know, focusing that same history, but within the lens of veterans, you make it more personal, more intimate. And it's hard to ignore that. It's hard to go away from that. And and it's not just exclusive to K through 12 students. I've, you know, I just finished my four year degree in history at UCF. And, you know, oftentimes you, and this happens to me, I could speak from personal experience. You forget that you're re- like when you're reading a textbook or any class material, there are people, living people behind those pages that actually experience, you know, the joy and the, but the pain of the past. And that's one of my favorite things about veterans history and what I've learned throughout my times with the VOP team 
is that that human element to the story. So yeah, I exactly. 100% agree with you. And I think it's important with it not to just show the good, but to show the bad, because when you show them the whole picture, then, you know, that's something they're going to take with them. They're going to remember that. And, you know, hopefully we get to the point where, you know, history doesn't repeat itself because we're showing them the good and the bad. Right. hundred percent. Let's talk about the deliverables you've been tasked with throughout this institute. Let's start with the veteran bio. Share with us some details about the veteran you've been working on. The veteran I've had is Max Denton Jr. And his story is really interesting because his life was ended very, very early. He was only 21 years old. But you see his father, Max Denton Sr., continue on in the military. He had actually left. And then after his son was killed, he went back into it and stayed in in it until uh, he passed. And it's just interesting as you're trying to connect the pieces of his family tree and You've got these different uh, materials like the census and military records and uh, city directories and things like that. And and I kind of hit uh, a little bit of a wall because within Max's family, we don't know exactly when his parents were married. We do know that they were married, but when we have something definitive, mom had remarried to someone else, dad had remarried, but then with the stepdad, we're kind of trying to answer the question, we've got this name, but then we see this name, and it's just really amazing being able to dive into, you know, what was his family life like, and, you know, looking in the in the 1930s and 40s you know why is this 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 last name different and you know we're seeing this in a newspaper article but then you see this on a census and it's just it's just amazing uh to be able to talk about his family but also go back to you know that he gave his life in service for our country and i'm doing a joseph bunting and he was in a fighter squadron in the air corps and so it's been interesting, like looking through the census, like filling in the gaps of history and, and what is his story. And, you know, I, I go down the rabbit hole sometimes. They've, they've taught us all these research tools and I, and I start, you know, figuring out who his parents were. And then, you know, I, I even, um, and the, the tools of research, like his yearbook, I got his yearbook photo. And so just, getting real personal with my veteran. And then today when we did the etching on his uh, headstone, headstone, yeah. thank you. That was really personal. Right. And it, it was, it's, it's just been such a rewarding experience and, uh, and brilliant, really like diving down that rabbit hole and then discovering more and more stuff. And then looking up my own grandparents out of this as well. And I've found out so much information about my own grandparents and their history through this process that, you know, I would never even thought about before. And I agree. You get down the rabbit hole of research. You start in one place and you just keep going. My veteran is Frank L. Spencer, and he was born in Key West. And he was um, one of 12 children. He was the sixth of 12 And when he was eight years old, um, his mother died, and he was fostered to another family. And then before he was 15, he was fostered to a different family. 
But again, using those technology tools this afternoon, using those map tools, I was able to find out the families that he was fostered to, they all lived like the streets were all adjacent to each other. So it was all within the same community. And historically, when we're studying these people, at least I initially was looking at everything through the lens of today. And when I saw, you know, he was fostered to someone, and then I'm thinking of the foster system we have today, which clearly is entirely different from the foster system of the 1920s. It was probably not formal. It was probably, you know, I can't take care of my children. You know, we know you, you're a close family, a friend, can you, that kind of thing. And I also noticed, again, those census reports around that same time, the 1930s, there were literally three or four heads of households within each address. So you would have 12, 14, 15 people living within the same building. But again, when you look at it through the historical lens of the Great Depression, it makes perfect sense. Families would move in together and things like that. So that was very eye-opening for me. But back to Frank. Frank did die when he was 23. But again, the looking at kind of the the legacy and the the positive things he had a younger brother Eugene who in the 1950s census you know eight years after his brother had died had a baby and named his brother after his hmm. dead brother so you know there are there are those little little nuggets of sunshine in some of these sadder stories as well yeah a lot of your fellow colleagues feel the same way about today talking about rubbing the the headstones that that was a very intimate experience and a very touching experience and powerful yes indeed it makes you wonder when someone was there for them the last time someone was there just for them right you know sitting there and you know this person is right there with you and and you know like they were talking about when we did the penny right uh putting the penny on the grave and then saying their name you know i think it was uh one of the the vlp uh people were talking about you know it may have been a hundred years since someone has said their name yeah a hundred percent and you know for me looking at it through an outsider perspective it was very touching and very emotional i could imagine for you all that i've been working with this veteran for over a week now it was even more so that was a very beautiful experience so now the let's talk about the second deliverable, which is the mini tour. So just talk to to me a little bit about the mini tour. Um, how has this institute prepared you for making one and how do you plan on applying it to the classroom? I am working with a Marine and another guy and we are doing multiple conflicts. So we decided to follow the Rake family. And so there is four um generations. So we have the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, and the Korean conflict. And so we learned all about their history and their connection. And we have had so much fun researching this. I, I really haven't had that much time for my for my research project because we we wanted to figure out the puzzle. We wanted to figure out what their connection was. And it's it's just been really cool. I'm working with Angela, and we're doing the Civil War. And so we have selected six veterans that we're kind of focusing on, three African-Americans and three whites. And the focus of our mini tour is going to be just kind of highlighting some of the differences, because what's been fascinating is even their headstones are different. And I know when you go into the cemetery, you know, we see the uniformity of all the headstones. 
However, when you really start digging deeply and looking into them, there are definitely some differences. And so we're going to kind of be highlighting that as we kind of just touch on each of these six veterans. At least that's our plan and things change. Right. The group that I'm with is with Alicia and Heaven. And I know that you have talked with them already and we're, our focus is on African Americans and we're looking at it more as the aspect of the African Americans and the forgotten because they, within most previous wars, they truly have been forgotten because they were not given the same rights and privileges as their counterparts. So we've chosen six African-American men, two in the Civil War, two in World War One, and two in World War Two, And we're focusing on, you know, what it is that they brought to their, their war and, you know, did they give their lives for it? You know, maybe what was life like before, during and after, and just focusing on getting their names to be known for what they did during their time period. And, and again, trying to get their names out there so that, you know, even though we're titling it the forgotten, hopefully they won't be. Right. hundred percent. And the final deliverable that you all are tasked with is the lesson plan. So just walk me through how you plan on implementing that in your classrooms and how have, what have you learned throughout your time here at the Institute that has really prepared you for that? My focus is on uh, World War II and those that have served in the St. Augustine area. And my focus is talking about uh, history right here at our doorstep. And I'm trying to make my lesson plan uh, across grade levels and having those different areas where if it's for the younger students, K-12 or K-2, excuse me, K-2, having them start learning about researching and looking up information about some of the veterans that are here in St. Augustine. And then for the older students, um, having them being able to dive deeper into it and taking the research that they have and turning it into what we call a living museum, where they become the person and you have the parents come in and this and the other classes come in and it's it's we call it a living museum or a wax museum and the person is there and and you know that you've got them standing in front and they've got this speech prepared that shares their name and all of that amazing exciting information so at the end of the day they know that they've made a connection with someone that is from where they live for mine, it, I started out just very broad. And uh, so in the mornings when I have my students, I, you know, I ask them what zone they're in. Are they blue, yellow, green, red? Um, so most of the kids are, are blue, like they're, they're tired. And I ask them, why are they so tired? They played video games all night. They're exhausted. And so I wanted to bring in a connection to what the kids were going to recognize the most. So we had all these Zoom meetings and so they were so kind to me because I was I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so we've narrowed it down to the Second Seminole War. And um, then I'm going to do an interactive game with it, which I'm still in the process of creating. But Jared's cartographer. And so we are with the story maps, we are putting every battle throughout Florida so that when the kids so that'll be my classroom on a rain day 
will go in and and then let the kids look into each battle. And so it was just really cool how they narrowed me down. And I've been learning so much. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Sounds awesome. Me too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. For mine, um, because I teach the gifted students K five, I decided to just focus on fourth and fifth graders. And basically I'm creating a research unit for them where they are going to because some of the most of the gifted standards are research based. So as I've been learning this week, you know, how to read a census report, how to find an, you know, a registration card and, you know, and enlistment papers, I'm going to be creating mini lessons on those to do with my students. And then we've already selected six veterans, three I can do with my fourth graders and three with my fifth graders. They'll do this in teams collaboratively. But then I will, of course, you know, like pre-vet and pre-find some of the, the documents, the primary sources but have them actually kind of go through it and pull out the information. I'm going to be giving them a lot of like note-taking templates and, you know, a lot of scaffolding going on. Um, but then they're going to be tasked with creating three products based on their research. One will be a picture book using nonfiction text structures and that kind of thing that they can then read to the younger grades. Um, the second one will be an essay that they will read at our, our school's annual Veterans Day celebration. And then the third will be a poster board with information to put in the hallway so that then their peers will also learn about the veteran that they have researched. But again, it's been changing in my brain as we've been going through this. Yeah. Um, now I'm wondering if, because our fourth graders always come on a field trip here, and today with that field trip there, I'm wondering if there's some way I can then snag my fifth graders who do their veterans and somehow come along on the field trip with those fifth graders and have them give tours. I mean, I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff going on. And that's the cool thing about these kinds of events. They're very mm -hmm. flexible and fluid because we're learning so much as yeah. we go along. Yeah, exactly. Because I didn't come into it expecting to get as much information and knowledge and and experience that I did. And every night I'm walking away having to really go into my office and, and kind of tell my kiddos, hey, give me a few <laughs> minutes. I need to decompress. I need to process everything that I've taken away from this experience. And and Alicia and Heaven are, have, you know, when we're, we're listening to to them give their their presentations they're sitting there and, and have said you know did you take all the notes because I'm sitting here and I'm taking notes and I'm taking pictures so I can get the notes and and because I, I just want to get as much as I can I want to be able to walk away and and say okay I got everything that that I needed to get and I'm not going to forget it well and I have to also say I've just been blown away by the the knowledge and the skill of not just you know Dr. Gannon, and not just, you know, Dr. Lyons, but all of the UCF students that they have brought yeah, along everyone. who have been mentoring. I don't know about you, but they have been mentoring and coaching and keeping, propping me up when I just right. am not sure what to do next and how to use these tools. They have been phenomenal. There hasn't yeah. been one aspect of this that I've walked away from and said, you know, I wish I got a little bit more. I, I, everything, every speaker that they've brought in, every presentation that they've made has been just top notch and, and I agree. given me more than, than 
I could have asked for in in doing what they've asked of us. I agree. Yeah. These are the times when I really wish this podcast was a video podcast because you would just see my face smiling from end to end because it, it, it you know, I'm like unofficially part of that team. Granted, they do different work than what I'm doing, but I still respect, you know, uh, I respect them a lot. And, you know, it's it just it's very nice to hear those things because they're very sincere. I feel it. Um, you know, you talking about it, your your how you're emoting and your facial reactions. That's why I wish. Thank you. These are the, these are the moments <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast so the listeners could really see the the genuineness in your answers. That kind of leads me to my next question where it's, you know, a significant benchmark of this institute is not only to expand your knowledge on veterans history but to learn and use the the mythologies that um the methodologies excuse me of historians you know how to use the historian's toolbox and i know you were mentioning judy that you know census records and looking through all all those types of primary and also even some secondary sources um what what are some of the tools from that historian toolbox you weren't expecting to learn and, you know, you're, you're kind of glad you did during this institute? For me, it was diving into the census. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would have never known so much was on one piece of paper and then how that could lead you towards something else. Well, and, and also realizing that what's on the different census has changed over yeah, the years. Like exactly. what's what's on oh, the 1940 yeah. census is different than what's on the 1950 census. And I find that just fascinating. Honestly, I was part of the 2020 census. I needed to make some extra money and applied for it and was actually working for the U.S. government in the summer of 2020 and was going door to door to those people that had not completed it online. And looking at the information that I was asking about doesn't even compare to what they were asking about in the 19. any of those 1910 1920 1930 and and wow seeing how that compares to my experience doing that to you know what they're asking about on these ones was it's just it's it's night and day and that's going to be great experience to share with your students when you're teaching them how to read the census reports to share with them that you participated right that's awesome yeah and to know that even just to know that I was able to do that. And, you know, even I'm going to be able to talk about, you know, you got I, I going to some of the doors and having people be like, no, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> but then having other people, you know, welcoming during COVID, welcoming me into their home to, to answer questions and then end up talking to several older people and just, you know, talking about their their life and their history and there was a hispanic woman that you know could had trouble speaking english and and working with her and getting her to do that but then you know again taking it back to what we're doing now looking at the information again you know it just it's just so amazing to see how it's changed in in the 180, 90 years. The image that keeps coming to me is like Indiana Jones and how he, you know, had to do all the research to, to, to get the treasure. And even learning on the census report, it's based on who gave the information. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, you know, I learned a lot about the different perspectives of of different people telling history, which I had never considered before. You know, I was, I read it out of a textbook or whatever. And so it's, it's learning the different perspectives of different people telling the story. 
And so that's that's been very interesting to me. So you guys have been at this institute now for a little over a week. What are some of your what what have been some of your favorite moments throughout this institute, whether it's, you know, inside the barracks and in those workshops or outside like today in the cemetery? What have been some of your favorite experiences thus far at the for, institute? For me, it's been the camaraderie with all of the teachers. And then today was one of my most favorite days. Yeah. Um, I'm an interactive person, and we did our mini tours for the Native American part. We got to mimic some of the ledgers that the uh, Native Americans created here. And then we got to put coins on the headstones. We did the rubbings. The rubbings. We got to see some of the military memorabilia. We got to put our hands on it. Mm-hmm. Just the, the evolution of helmets mm-hmm. was so interesting to yep. me. Talking about using the one to make soup. Yeah. 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 And then and the one today that can, you know, it's an impenetrable to, the to Kevlar, stra- shrapnel. Right. I, I mean, I was like, that's, I, I, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. And then to tie that to our veterans, today was, I think, one of my most favorite days. I have to agree. Today feels like five days all in one because of all the different things that we were doing yeah. throughout the day, starting in the cemetery and, and really getting that personal connection with with your with your veteran and then you know working with your groups and doing all that and i i don't think i could just pick one specific thing that's been my favorite part i mean just everything in general has been amazing you know working with my group for our mini tour but working on my particular veteran but also focusing on my lesson i mean it's just there hasn't been any downtime for me to to really to to really be tired and I'm just you know motivated with it all and and it's just been it's been amazing. Yeah. I would have to say like overall my favorite is just I love when I'm learning something new and and it feels like every day I learned something new and sometimes it was something that built on something I already knew and sometimes it was something that like blew out of the water something I thought I knew. And just as an example, today when we were doing the rubbings, I was born in Boston and grew up outside of Boston in, you know, a little town. And we had an old cemetery down the street from us. And it was the kind of town where, you know, like on the weekends, the teenagers might go into the cemetery to, you know, do stuff on the stones or whatever. And I just remember growing up, my parents, maybe to keep us out of the cemetery, but they always said, that's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. It's disrespectful to take, yeah. you know, to do to even touch the stones. It's disrespectful. And so when they had us doing that today, I that was my first question is this I mean, is this disrespectful? And, you know, Dr. Gannon was explaining, no, you know, it's it's how you treat it, you know, it's what your purpose is, it's mm-hmm. how you handle it. And so to me, you know, that took something I grew up believing and totally changed it. I think it's perspective too, because I look at it that, that I was kind of raised the same way. When you go into a cemetery, you're, you're there to be respectful and not do things that you shouldn't. But if you teach your kids that, you know, then they'll, then they'll take that and maybe, you know, they'll go in and, and do some research or find an interesting headstone and, and look up the history. And that's, that's something I would love to, to take my own kids into like our one of our local cemeteries in Palm Coast and see if there's any military or older headstones or and, and let them do some research like that and 
and keep it going that way. That's a great idea. What are some elements from this institute that you just can't wait to to use in the classroom for yourself as teachers, but also for your students? Just the history of the records that that we've looked at, the military records, the census, uh, the internment cards, marriage certificates, any of that, that, that paper that documentation that they had back then because our kids are so used to t- to the technology aspect of it being able to show them this is how we kept our how our history was kept for hundreds of thousands of years right. and, and being able to show that to them and and let them be able to look at it and learn from it and is, touch it yeah exactly yeah. for me it's the connection to our community i found out that one of the family mem- members grew up like a half a mile away from the school. Wow. So just that connection to the community and history. I, I mean, I, I've learned so much and I can't wait to teach the kids the resources that I've been given so that they can learn how to do the research on their own. Um, and, and really and truly that tied to our community because a, a lot of them is transportation's an issue. Right. And so I, I can't wait uh, I already talked to our principal today about mm-hmm. us getting together and getting a field trip for yeah. um, our classes. So, yeah. Yeah. Way to go. That's Very smart. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's something that we need to start. Um, as Dr. Gannon was talking about, every fourth grader in the state of Florida should be able to uh, visit a cemetery a national cemetery during their fourth grade year. And uh, she had called it the, uh, what was it? The penny, Ever- penny for a vet. Penny for a vet. vet. We have nine yeah, in cool. Florida. There should be one close to almost, yeah. Yeah. I mean, within yeah. field trip distance, distance for right, everybody. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, having them be able to, to, to make that journey because that is part of the fourth grade curriculum is is world war uh the wars and veterans and things like that so and having it for our fourth graders but you know not just our fourth graders even the younger ones so that they can start making those connections because they need to know about their history and the history of those people in our community that gave their lives for them right absolutely Um, i think one of the things i'm most excited about going back and and using are some of the new technology tools that i've been taught um you know as an older person, you know, technology. I didn't grow up with computers in school. And, you know, I taught for years without computers in the classroom. So technology is not necessarily an inherent part of my kind of wheelhouse. And I've just learned about so many great technology tools this week that I'm really excited about implementing and bringing into the classroom because I know my students will love them. Right. My final question for you three, which you've all been great. I really appreciate it is and you've kind of sporadically have said it throughout our conversation but what's you know ultimately one of the biggest or some of the biggest takeaways you will just take from this institute personally and professionally i think meeting the teachers and staff from ucf and students from ucf and and knowing that that several of them i'm going to continue to keep in contact with and the resources that the abundance of resources that 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 have been shown and you know getting to have that personalized veteran that I've been able to research and just all of that and know that I'm it's going to be walking into my building Webster Elementary and going to be 
with my students and with hopefully a lot of the other teachers if we are able to start talking with them and sharing with them all the knowledge and lessons and things that we've we've done over this last week and a half. For me, it's filling in the gaps of, of history. And then I, I have a new definition of what history is now because it's based on different people's perspectives. And so for me, that that gives me a better connection to my students and just, I mean, the kindness and collaboration and the the tears that have already been shed this week. I mean, we always, we all feel so close to each other and the love that Dr. Lyons and Dr. Gannon, you know, and everybody who has for their students and the love that you guys have for UCF. I mean, I want to be a student again and go to UCF. <laughs> yep. I'm like, that do. sounds, because I don't remember when I was in school, I don't know that I had that connection for somebody who loves a subject that much and it, it seems like so many people have ended up with a history degree when they mm-hmm. were going to school for something else because mm-hmm. of taking one of their classes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel that connection and I feel that love with the students and the staff. Mm-hmm. My biggest takeaway is I just feel like I'm leaving with my village has grown. My village of fellow educators, my mm-hmm. village of, you know, the connection at UCF, UCF students, UCF professors. I just feel like... Um, and yes, UCF is awesome. I got both my degrees <laughs> there and, and uh, it's the best place ever. Yep. But I just feel like my village has grown because I feel like even though we're all scattering, we're going into our own schools and classrooms. If any of us reached out through email or a phone call yeah. to anybody else and said, Ooh, you know, what was this? Or can you help me with it? I just feel like we all now have each other's backs yeah. as well. Yeah. Right. And we would be there with a response yeah, to, absolutely. to help you out. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and not just UCF and the teachers, but also the, Lance Armory absolutely. and the St. Francis Barracks yeah. and the and military all the, and all the of National those. National Guard, you're yeah, absolutely the National Guard, right. that they've all stepped up to help us and, and be there to support us and, and give I us think a place we, to work and, right. and collaborate together. Oh, I yeah. think they, they've been, and that's I think another thing we'll take away. And If yeah. any of us reached out to them, I'm sure they yeah. would, you know, I mean, I just yeah. get that feeling that, yeah. you know, this is not just a connection that's going to end on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And Allison, the historian at the National Guard, I mean, she, she is awesome. so cool. I mean, she's been there with us like the whole, the whole time. time. Yeah. But I think, you know, with us being, with Eric and I being so close here, I think if we reached out to her and asked oh, yeah. for her help and support with, with our school and getting our students there, I know she would be right there to, to start helping us plan something. 100%. Yeah. yeah, you said cool. And I was fortunate enough to have a podcast with her as well during my stay here. And her job is cool. She's cool. Yeah. We, that word yeah. cool was mentioned a lot during that conversation. So it's yep. really funny that you brought up that word. But yeah, I agree with all your answers. It's a beautiful thing, the collaborative nature and, you know, the village growing and having each other's backs. I mean, it's hard to find places that do that, institutes that yeah. do that, events that do yeah. that, um, whether it's academic or not. So um, that's awesome to hear. Um, thank you again for taking the time thank you for all you do absolutely it's been amazing i appreciate that um it's been a pleasure to get to meet you three and the rest of the teachers that i've met throughout this week and especially you three here after hours you know i know it's been a very long day but i really do appreciate the time thank you yeah well what's the shout out shout out for uh ucf what do you what do you guys say go knights go knights no charge on he says go Go knights Knights. charge on there you go charge on Uh, oh okay yeah do it again do it again yeah go knights Charge on. on. There you go. go. Appreciate it. (laughs) You're an official night now. (laughs) Thank you.
Although this is the final episode of the 2023 UCF VOP Institute podcast series, UCF VOP's educational outreach with K-12 teachers across Florida to memorialize veterans interred at local VA national cemeteries is far from over. The UCF VOP team and the K-12 teachers from this series continue to work closely with each other as the veteran bios, mini tours, and lesson plans you all learned about in the past 10 weeks are only now officially being realized in the classroom. After a successful year one of spreading their pedagogical methods to K-12 teachers, Dr. Lyons reflected on such an experience and shared with me some exciting details about the future of this burgeoning educational institute to honor veterans. And so after doing this new model for a year in 2022 and 2023, we're bringing that now to the 2023-24 new grant that we just received for the next year. And I can see that our research already, our work that we've done this year is growing exponentially. We had uh, 17 teachers and they're doing their lesson plans that they developed with us through the program in their classrooms around the state and they're wanting to take students to national cemeteries which really right is the whole point of the national cemetery administration uh, developing this program and and having this funding to bring communities into their local community national cemetery Um, and the teachers are also telling their friends about the program so we have great hopes that this year we're going to have a lot of applicants from around the state and that we will again be able to expand the reach of this program using you know, the, the, not only the methodologies that we've perfected here at UCF, but using all of the wonderful students that are here at UCF and who can work with us to be able to bring the teachers what they need in their classrooms. UCF VOP's institute being renewed is not surprising at all. One of the most significant takeaways from this podcast series is the immense praise that the K-12 teachers gave to this institute and its significance, value, and impact on veterans' history and their professional craft. I look forward to seeing the evolution and growth of this indispensable and remarkable institute. As I close the podcast series, allow me to give special thanks and acknowledgments to individuals who facilitated me in this massive endeavor of producing a narrative podcast series. First and foremost, I want to thank Dr. Amelia Lyons, who invited me in December 2022, after we finished recording the Florida France Solar Stories episode, to attend and do podcasts at the 2023 UCF VOP Institute. She saw a potential in me to elevate the Institute's profile and significance via podcasts, and I hope my work with this series fulfilled that promise. If it were not for her unwavering support, guidance, vision, and trust in me from that moment to the publication of this episode to direct, produce, and execute this podcast series, this entire project would cease to exist. I also want to acknowledge the other individuals from the incredible UCF VLP team. Dr. Amy Giroux, thank you for your technical advice, especially in helping me plan the logistics of capturing the roundtable discussion, episode 7. Jim Stoddard, I appreciate you for being open to guest hosting episode 2 with Dr. Venable. Had you not done it, that episode would have been extremely underwhelming, so thank you, and you know you are always welcome on this feed. Jesse Oldham, Thank you so much for helping me track down some of the teachers once I got to St. Augustine. I also appreciate your constant support in promoting this night's history cast feed in general and this series specifically on social media and within the department. I know how frustrating social media outreach can be, so I really do thank you. Sarah Bowsfield, Sarah Boy, Bella Love, Harrison Smith, and the rest of the UCF VLP team, thank you so much for being so generous and kind to me during my time at the Institute.
Last, but certainly not least, I want to thank all the marvelous guests that were featured in this series, in order of appearance. Allison Simpson, a special thanks to you for allowing me to conduct podcast episodes in the St. Francis Barracks. Dr. Heather Venable, Lisa Bostic, Kristen Riley, Sharon Furin, Brian Day Rasmussen, Alexis Wood, Anne McKay, Sergeant Major Ray Fullard, Alicia Bryant, Angie Hubbard, Evan Wilson, Nicole Bennett, Erica Grant, and Judy Lindquist. You are all the stars of this series, and your genuine interest and commitment to teaching and honoring veterans' history gives life to not just their stories, but also to this podcast series. Thank you all for being so willing and open to talk to me. I really do appreciate it. In these 10 weeks, we explored the intricacies of teaching veterans' history to any audience, veterans themselves, K-12 teachers, K-12 students, and you. We've also seen the intellectual and emotional investment it requires. I hope that you've amassed a deeper understanding and appreciation for veterans' history and how their stories transcend the context of war. I also hope this series vehemently demonstrated the significance of our educators, university professors, and K-12 teachers alike, and how we must not relegate or take their value and contributions for granted. To John Carves, William Emanuel Carrington, Walter Battenberg, Robert L. Garbett Jr., Garbett, George J. Byers Jr., Thomas, Clarence Elto Patterson Jr., Joseph Knight, Dylan Brooke, Max Denton Jr., Joseph Bunting, Frank L. Spencer. This is your legacy. This episode was directed, produced, written, edited, and hosted by me, Sebastian Garcia, and featured Nicole Bennett, Erica Grant, Judy Lindquist, and Dr. Amelia Lyons. Executive producers for the series are me, Sebastian Garcia, and Dr. Amelia Lyons. I want to thank you, the listener, for supporting this podcast series throughout its duration. The 2023 UCF VLP Institute podcast series is brought to you by the UCF Department of History and UCF's Veterans Legacy Program a partnership with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs National Cemetery Administration.